Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman and my father, Mike Golick Sr. And we got a great show for everybody today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. Check us out live here on the DraftKingsNetwork.com and Samsung TV+. Plus. Uh, as we go into the show today, we have got some awesome stuff, obviously, looking at the NBA Finals. We have got weekend roses to give out. We've got pranks gone horrifically wrong in high school. But, Dad, we need to address the elephant in the room here. As we are walking forward into the NBA Finals, we are now tied up at one game apiece. We officially have a series. The series has started because a home road team has won a game as the Miami Heat even this thing up. And we decided as a show unit, we wanted to start trying to help people out, get in on the action. We'd put up a same game parlay where each of us would pick this leg. Me, you, and Brandon would each get to pick an individual part of the bet. We put it up there. We got to find people at DraftKings to make us this wonderful template, showing our bet to the world, showing it to people in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And not once now, but twice. So if once is an outlier, twice is a trend, and three is a pattern, Dad, you are trending to failing our parlay miserably now two games in a row how do you defend yourself well first i appreciate all the people that are jumping into that bet and trying to win money along with us um yes i have the in the game one it was my caleb martin will make over two and a half threes he made none that's when miami decided to shoot like crap in the entire game and then this last one and you and brandon hit yours and last night in game two you had Jokic with 35 between points and assists. He blew that away by having four. He beat that in points. And Brandon had um, Jimmy Butler under 25, and he scored 21. I had Bam uh, with 10 rebounds. He had nine. He had nine freaking rebounds. One rebound away. One rebound away from us hitting that parlay. Unfortunately, close does not count in parlay betting. Um, we will continue to do so. But the thing that was interesting to me 
is in, as we're talking pre-show, you guys are talking about lost money. Last I checked, I made both bets out of my account. So you, in fact, and Brandon have lost zero dollars. I have lost money on game one and game two for all of us. So if you want to play that game and split the winnings, you guys each owe me about 75 bucks for the, the bets that I made and the losses we have incurred. So I guess that's how I would answer that is you guys are complaining you're not winning. You haven't put up anything. How about you pay no, me? See, this, this is an example of you not reading the fine print. See, every week when I do the reads for our DraftKings ad on the podcast here, I have to read all the stuff at the bottom, how terms and conditions apply. You can see the rules at DraftKings.com for more details. You didn't read the more details part of this. Is where We're just on the winning side of this, so we are not going to take a loss on this because, again, you're a better funded bank for this. You can afford it. You got it like that. Congratulations on decades of success in sports talk radio. But we have lost out on the potential earnings right now. Brandon's got kids at home that he needs to feed and so all of those now you have taken food out of Brandon's children's mouths Brandon uh, Carter and Mac are at home right now screaming crying because my father has robbed them of the future they deserve no milk no eggs no essential uh food items that we need to survive and if you were to place the right bet of your leg of the parlay maybe we'd have some kickback to have some money to help you pay out some things but you, you seem to have fallen short two games in a row. Dad, I want to borrow a phrase from you. You got to wear the hat. You got to pull the thumb right now and admit that you've been the one making mistakes here. We'll get to who's made stakes for, mistakes for the Denver Nuggets in this game, how the hell the Miami Heat actually managed to pull this off right now. But I just need to see a little bit of accountability from you, just a smidge. Oh, it, it is on me. I put on the hat of responsibility. My two legs in game one and game two have cost our, uh, our parlay. Without question, you and Brandon have got it right. I have gotten it wrong so close in the game last night. But as Brandon is talking about food out of his kids' mouths, nothing has changed. He has, and you have spent no money, and you have no money coming in. So there has been no difference in your guys' financial lives where I've cost you anything. Okay. I may have been able to pad you guys a little bit if I was nice enough to make the bets myself, incur the losses myself, but if we win, split the winnings, which I'd probably be nice enough to do. But I've cost you both nothing so far because you've put in nothing and you've gotten nothing back, so your life hasn't changed one bit. I, on the other hand, am out hundreds of dollars. All right, you know what? We'll agree to disagree on this because clearly you're living in a fantasy <laughs> land where we have started accounting for this money before it's come in and you just don't seem to respect or appreciate that. Dad, the more pressing question that we can try and answer now since you're going to evade responsibility is who do we need to hold responsible from Denver for what happened in that fourth quarter last night? I sat there for probably a half hour after the game trying to figure out how exactly Miami managed to win that in a game where Denver went on a 41-10 run during the middle course of that game after Miami's first quarter lead, went into the fourth quarter with an eight-point lead, and then all of a sudden walked out of here like Chris Tucker and Rush Hour saying, which one of y'all kicked me? Dad, how did Miami pull this off? Uh, well, first and foremost, I have no problem with the, the no timeout at the end with Murray's last shot. I, and I'm sure we'll get into really? that if you have an issue with it or not. I don't have a problem. Butler misses a shot about 11 seconds ago. Murray ends up with the ball. That was going to be the shot anyway. I mean, you would have also, remember, if you call timeout, you'd have given Spolstra time to set a defense as well. Here you're just going. I trust. I mean, if you don't trust your guys at this point to go down and make a play, you knew what was going to happen, that Jokic was going to set a high pick and Murray was going to come around for a three. He got a good look. I mean, Butler did contest it, but it wasn't a completely in-your-face contested shot. That was a good look at a three to tie it. That being said, the biggest difference is we said this after game one when Miami got blown out is, well, they got to make some shots. You know, you look at game one with Struce, Vincent, and Robinson. They were 8 of 30 overall, 6 of 21, six of 24 from three-point land. In game two, the three of them, 16 of 27 and 10 of 19. They were hitting their shots. And, oh, by the way, they got really good shots. Here's my biggest thing. Like we, we can talk X's and O's. 
We know that Kevin Love started this game, gave him more size. Caleb Martin came off the bench in this game. While, while Love scored, I think, what, six points. He did have 10 rebounds, so he helped on the boards, which calls out of bio, Bam, not, Bam out of bio, not to get his 10th rebound because Love was in there getting the <laughs> rebounds, and he ended up costing us. But here's the word that if, if I'm an athlete, an athlete anywhere, but now you're at the highest level, and when you hear your coach, Mike Malone, say the word effort, man, that that is the one. Listen, you can put in a game plan. You know this. Everybody knows this. Nobody has ever played the perfect game. You will get beat physically on a play. You will, there will be a game plan that doesn't match up well, and you'll get beat based on that as well. But the one thing that you can control, forget that even in and out of sports, is your effort in something. And when your coach is ripping your effort saying, this isn't preseason, this isn't the regular season, this isn't even playoffs, this is the NBA Finals. And to leave those guys that open on shots that they were knocking down and to have your effort questioned, there were three of the starters for Denver who didn't even talk to the media afterward. Malone must have absolutely destroyed them in the locker room about their effort. That to me, Mike, you are going to see, I think, a ticked off Denver team. Now it's going to be in Miami come out with incredible effort because when you get quite, that's like when, when people watch a game and say, Oh, they had no heart. And I'm always like, man, you can't look into somebody's you know chest and see what kind of heart they have. But when you have a coach and you're with them every day and he says you're lacking effort. If, if that doesn't sting more than, Hey, you got to be able to stop this guy physically, which can happen sometimes or not happen. When your effort is questioned, that to me gets to an athlete more than anything else. Tom Ziller does a great newsletter um, called um, Good Morning, It's Basketball. And he went through and broke down the end of that game because I think that's really the crux of what Michael Malone is talking about with the effort. It's fourth quarter defensively. Denver had breakdowns left and right. And he went through, the Heat scored 36 points on 19 possessions. They were incredibly efficient, and a lot of those were, you know, there were a few tough shots that got made, but most of them were defensive breakdowns by Denver that led to open Miami shots that they started knocking down, right? All of a sudden, you had Duncan Robinson come alive and score all 10 of his points in the fourth quarter. It was simultaneously, the Heat role players did the hardest thing in the postseason and had really strong games on the road, right? You had, and really, role players are all of the non-Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler players, and so Gabe Vincent goes out and leads you in scoring. Duncan hits it timely there but Denver on the other side seemed to lax in their attention to detail defensively and you saw guys like Michael Porter Jr. get benched in the fourth quarter for their lack of defensive effort Dan how many times is Jeff Green going to foul a three-point shooter like if we're talking about role players overall in this game who had a bad time Cody Zeller's at the top of the list right Cody Zeller may not get to see the floor again for Miami in this series because to quote Bamani Jones every time he stepped on the floor Nikola Jokic looked at him and thought, food, that man is edible and I am going to go to work. But besides that, Jeff Green fouling two three-point shooters in critical junctions has to be near the top of the list of mistakes, the likes of which Michael Malone was talking about. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And listen, you got to have Zeller in some because Bam needs a little bit of a break, right? He still played 40 minutes and needs a little break. And man, they take advantage of that uh, when he does. But listen, I, I agree that, you know, Mark Jackson was doing a great job on the t TV showing the lacks of rotation on defense when, when Miami was getting those wide open looks on the threes. And as Michael Malone said, it's just a lack of effort, lack of rotation, just lack of wanting to get there. We talk about that on defense. Defense is a, a whole lot about want to, X's and O's, and want to do it. And Denver just wasn't there. Didn't have it, didn't want it, needs to get it back. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? 
They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So, Dad, if we're looking for a crux of where this game overall turned in favor of the Miami Heat, right? What was so different game one to game two? We mentioned their players knocking down shots is the you know overly simplistic version of this. They shot almost 50% from beyond the arc. I don't believe 35 attempts, huge swing. And we've seen with Miami all postseason. But how did they get to that point? To me, the answer is twofold. It is Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler pulling the Freaky Friday on Nikola Jokic. If you go back to game one, Joker, Joker had 14 assists in that game and was distributing the ball to everybody. He made life easier for everybody on that Denver sideline. In game two, that turned into Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, who Jimmy Butler got to the paint more, got more shots off in the paint, had more assists in this game, was kicking the ball out to everybody, and then Bam Adebayo was playing floor general in some of the most critical moments of the game down the stretch, and it led to the stat that we started seeing from everybody after the game, which is the Nuggets, according to ESPN Stats and Info, are 0-3 this postseason when Nikola Jokic scores 40 or more points, and they are 13-1 when he scores fewer than 40 points. Those three 40-point games in uh, losses are tied for the most by any player in a postseason in NBA history. And when this information was taken to Heat head coach Eric Spolstra about what they did to try and solve this problem with Nikola Jokic, turn him into a scorer, essentially, sag off him, only throw one body at him on defense, and let him go to work, this was the frustrated response of Heat head coach Eric Spolstra. Final question on the left. Hey, Coach. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say... Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we he has our full respect. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> Dad, at some points in our lives, we all make a living in the media translating coach speak. What the hell is Spolster's deal there? It's almost like he doesn't want to admit a way to victory, right? Yeah, this is our plan. Let let Joker be the scorer here. So then that gets back to you know to them and say, oh, that's what you think, huh? You don't think you can do? It? I mean, coaches are are never going to want to somehow some way does he feel it's going to be disrespecting the other team that we say oh yeah if we just turn him in let him score all the points we can get the win and oh by the way the stats have proved that this year and and let's also not act like this is something that that we're first seeing this year how many times have we seen the best player on our team go off and score 40 or 50 and it's a loss right because they're scoring all the points the rest of the team's not involved this is a better team when everybody's involved and i think everybody knows that so when you're playing against a guy that's that good and a team that, that that's that good, you have to find the ways that are going to help you best. Now, again, it's not that simple because we go back to the first game where Jokic, you know, just distributed the ball everywhere, but Miami was missing every shot imaginable in that game, right? Every shot they were missing in that game, they were making in game two. So you have to add that into it as well. But I think there is absolutely something to let him go ahead and back somebody down. Let him be the guy one-on-one, -on -one, you know, and not let him dish the ball and get everybody involved. Uh, it, it, we've already seen that. As we said, stats have proved that. Over 40, they've lost, 0-3. So uh, I, I just think it's a coach not wanting to let the other team know, yeah, we figured it out. Now we're good. We're just going to let him score 80 a game and we should get the win. I don't think any coach will ever want to admit
Well, especially not when you're coaching against Michael Malone, who's the bulletin board material king. You give him any perceived slight, and all of a sudden, he's going to load up the ammo. But I think you're generally right. Like, maybe there's some aversion to having your very complex game plan woven down to one sentiment that's probably true. And it's why I said they sort of freaky Friday Jokic with Bam Adebayo. Because in game one, that's kind of what we thought the thought process was with Bam, right? They got the ball to him in the middle with a lot of space. They were sagging off him and just saying, hey, if you're going to make a bunch of mid-range twos, we'll take that and we'll go down on the other end and we'll trade for threes and we'll run our version of offense and we'll live with you being the guy to go off at the expense of some of the rest of those Heat players. And now on the other side, it's a much more high-powered version of that, right? Bam went for 26 the other night. We're talking about what a great game he had. Jokic goes for 41, and it's not even the most impressive performance he's had this playoffs. But I think in general, sentiment-wise, that's probably it because, Dad, we talked about Jokic is a supercomputer made flesh, right? He processes all this information incredibly high speeds. He makes the right basketball decisions. It's why he's such a potent player. You watch how quickly he does all this stuff. And if he's seeing a one-on-one matchup, more often than not, he's going to exploit it. We, kind of like we always talk about with LeBron, trust Jokic to make the right basketball play here. And in a lot of cases, especially when we talked about like the Zeller minutes, the right plays to go to the rack and make this happen. So I understand that is one part of the game plan, but overall, I agree with what we talked about off the top. This is much more about the Denver defense having to hold up its end of the bargain in critical moments. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree there. And, and also with Denver, you can sit there and say, let Joker get his points, but if Joker scored 41 last night and Miami shot like they did in game one, Denver would have won this game, right? I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. the part of you know, Joker making or scoring all those points comes on the fact that Miami scored 18 more points on threes than Denver did, and they shot 49% from three-point land. So that has to be part and parcel. That's another reason why it's not just that simple. Let Jokic score, and we have a better chance of winning. Well, you got to hit your shots. And they did hit their shots. So that's what it comes down to, where Struess was 0 for 10 in game one. He came out of the game on fire last night hitting threes right out of the gate so you kind of kind of wait and see how that's going to go and i think spolstra said the right thing to a vincent to a struce to a you know robinson is hey uh about your misses in game one so what keep chucking them up just keep shooting this is going to be how we live we're going to drive the basket a little more with butler you guys are going to have your open shots just keep shooting it got us to the nba finals and it got him a win last night on the road. Their whole mentality, this is one of the mentally toughest teams ever, and they are always constantly on brand. Gabe Vincent sitting with the crew after saying, we don't give a damn about what anyone thinks of us. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so before we get to our roses for this week, our top performers from outside of this NBA bubble, even though that's a triggering term uh, that we've (laughs) been in for the last couple of days here. Dad, overall, now the series evened up one apiece going back down to Miami. Does this change any of your outlook on how you think the series goes long term? No, I had said Miami in six, probably five, but, you know. I mean, Denver in six. I'm sorry, Denver. Denver in six, probably five, but but I said six officially. Uh, Miami did what they do.
down the road. It's crazy. They're, by the way, 13th win as an eighth seed. I set the record. They passed the 99 Knicks as an eighth seed who had 12 wins. So pretty impressive out of this crew. I still think Denver overall was a better team. I think uh, Malone really, really, you know, <laughs> is going to turn up the, the ratchet a little bit on them uh, with the whole effort talk. So I think you're going to see a real, real um, – forceful team coming out in game three. I think they split again in Miami. I, I think it could be, quite honestly, 2-2 two, two going back uh, to Denver. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if Denver took both of them. So, no, I still like Denver in this. But give me seven games. Give me till June 17th. Give us all the content to talk about in the summertime. Amen, I do believe. Yeah, I had Denver in five. Feeling a little leery about that because I don't know if Miami is going to get swept at home, but this was the Nuggets' first home loss the entire postseason. And you're right, Michael Malone, you even heard him on the sideline, goes, offensively, we're going to be fine. We're great on offense. They've got one clear area. They can roll out of bed, and they're going to be able to, you know, Murray Jokic pick and roll you to death and do all the things that they do. Defensively, I'd imagine we're going to see a very different outfit uh, come this next game. So that'll be something. Uh, by the way, shout out. I know we're going to do roses to Jimmy Butler though we know we bet the under on the 25 points for him that really undersells overall his impact on this game I think I saw the stat he took 14 shots from inside 18 feet drew five five three throws also dished off nine assists in this game he was what they needed him to be not as a score I don't know if we're going to get another Jimmy Butler takeover game offensively like we saw in those early rounds but he filled in all the cracks that this team needed him to and probably isn't going to get the credit for it because we've seen so many gaudy performances from early in the postseason but it was really, really impressive last night in ways that don't always show up as clearly as what he did before. So that is uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, heat culture spewed all over us, the volcano of it, barfing up Ryan Cortez from the Levitard show, now spreading that to Altitude Sports, calling into radio stations out in the Denver area. It is mayhem. We are looking forward to all the rest of it. But, Dad, we've also got Monday around here. We've got our roses to give out. Deserving performers from the weekend, Bachelor Bachelorette style here. Uh, we'll start off with you, Dad. Rose in hand, who are you giving it to and why? Well, I'm giving a rose to Rose. How about that? Uh, rose Zhang. Uh, <laughs> it, it works out well. What she has done in the past couple of weeks, in a span of 13 days, she won, helped her team win their second national championship at Stanford. She, they've won two cha national championships, by the way. And then she became the first woman since well, I think it was Beverly Hansen in 1951 to win in your pro debut. So it's been 72 years. She wins an NCAA title, then her pro de debut at the Mizzou uh, America's Open in Jersey City, she wins it on the second playoff hole. So what a run for her. I mean, absolutely incredible. Uh, this youngster winning NCAA titles and going out there and saying, oh, this pro stuff, this ain't so hard. This ain't too bad. I'll just go ahead and, and lock up my first win and my first try and see where we go from here. Yeah, to do it, to do it, I mean, to quote Stu Gotch, did it in the playoffs too. Was a playoff on the second hole of the playoff, hit par to win it. Uh, and yeah, a really cool moment. I think they had Michelle Wee West on the broadcast too, who obviously another famed former Stanford golfer watching as this next generation of star gets ushered in here. It's so demoralizing for the rest of the pros here. And, and listen, we talk about, we saw plenty, right? Rookies that burst onto the scene and have great success here. We're just still basking in the glow of the Brock Purdy experience in San Francisco. But there is always something to me about an individual sport like this being able to survive that crucible. So pretty cool moment for her. I'm sure not the last of these kind of victories that we'll see. So uh, Rose Zhang, uh, the first Rose recipient of this week. Dad, for my Rose... I'm going to go to the NHL that we talked about, and we're hopeful to have a friend of ours come on here and be able to give us some live updates from what went on inside that arena uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, who rallied around an incredible third period and won that game 5-2 to two to take game one of the Stanley Cup final. So I was sitting watching that, so I worked a camp at Pittsburgh this weekend, an offensive line camp, the Joe Moore offensive line camp there, obviously one of the great coaches of all time. Uh, and Pittsburgh, certainly a cradle for young, beefy lads who want to be great at football. But we're sitting around at a bar after watching the game, and I look up and I see the Florida Panthers jump out early, and I'm like, okay, things are going well here. And then I see the moment. So 
if you're looking for moments where things may have turned over the course of this game, Aiden Bleeping Hill in net for the Golden Knights goes out in that first period with and Matthew Kachuk, who's been the star, the darling of this postseason, lets one fly, and he just pokes that stick out and and thwarts disaster there for the Vegas Golden Knights. And everyone talked after this moment that all the rest of those guys could rally around until they finally get to the third and make this happen. But, Dad, freak show effort for a guy who wasn't even the day-in, day-out guy during the regular season has eight wins during the Stanley Cup playoffs this year after winning just 16 games the entire regular season. He's another guy... Think it's going to be an unrestricted free agent going into this offseason. So having your best when your best is required coming up on a potential payday is not a bad way to do business. You know, we've always talked about what athletes, what players, and what positions can have the most effect on a game. Certainly we talk about NBA because you can be on the on the court for offense and defense. But when you get a pitcher that's unhittable or you get a goalie standing on his head, that's something that I think a couple of positions where you have the most – uh, where, where you can get the most out of somebody where one person can define it so well. And that was a huge save, like you said, till that third period where they just exploded on on Florida and put up three goals. Uh, that was a big stop. And, and that's what you always look for in hockey is that goalie making incredible saves. Yeah, the the whole experience around Vegas was magical to watch. Like, you watch their warm-ups. It's just everything about that city. You got a giant actual golden night out there on skates. It all reeks like some sort of, like, residency show out there. It, it's absolutely perfect for them. So, they take the one nothing lead in that series, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Dad, if we're going to do, like, an honorary rose here, um, Brandon, I don't know if – did you have a rose, did you have a rose picked out for this week, Brandon? I don't want to put you on the spot right now. We didn't get to talk about this beforehand you've constantly been juggling kids for the last week you've got kids without daycare going on right now because you were on some sort of break is it summer now i don't even know anymore mike you said you didn't want to put me on the spot and then you just did it squarely i am disappointed in you continue on whatever tentative roles you had planned uh, that's fine you know what honestly brandon i just wanted to double check because i had one that i thought would speak to your heart austin reeves yes Yes, exactly. Heading to Team USA on the upcoming FIBA World Cup roster in the Philippines right now. He joins a group. So Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Mikkel Bridges, Bobby Portis, and Jalen Brunson have all committed to play for Team USA. League sources told The Athletic. Now, they're still compiling the roster. Grant Hill's taken over as managing director for Team USA Basketball, and Steve Kerr's taken over for head coach. They haven't announced the roster yet, but man, what a glow up for the kid Austin Reeves. Balling out during the NBA postseason, becoming the third star of this big three for the Los Angeles Lakers, and now getting to wrap himself in the flag here dad I am pumped for this guy I need to see more of him everyone talks about in the international game he's a big two-way guard all these things that work well in that game I just want that unbridled confidence to be one of our exports now to the rest of the world as we get ready to kick their asses you know you know me and representing your country I think this is awesome and and while he gets as you said wrap himself in the flag he also is going to wrap himself in money uh, off of the way he played last year. What did he make? Two, two million? And did he even make that much? I mean, he's he's in line for one heck of a payday. So, uh, yeah, it's two thumbs up for Austin Reeves and what's going on with him and, and where his future is going. Yeah, Austin Reeves was finishing up a two-year Two point, let's say $2.5 million contract with the Lakers that is going to look like absolute chump change for him in short order here. So uh, uh, he's going to be one of those guys we always look back and go, so-and-so has had an incredible last year and we do the timeline of events. By the time we get to this next fall, wherever Austin Reeves is playing, and we know there's a potential he could be back in Los Angeles. I've seen Brian Windhorst and others sort of do the math on, hey, can the Lakers go out and pursue another superstar? You know, the Kyrie Irving elephant in the room and then still potentially bring back a guy like Austin Reeves, it's all possible. But when he shows up for one of those games, it's absolutely going to be a guy who's got that timeline that makes us all smile. So at Gojo Show on Twitter is where you can hit us with more of those potential Rose options uh, for the rest of the week. Dad, before we take a, a visit, hopefully, with one of our friends here, and I don't want to name it too too quick unless it falls through, the other thing that stuck out over this weekend and that I saw make its way to NFL media. I saw Mike Florio 
pening to paper about Nick Saban making his way to Washington as one of the figures around the NCAA and college athletics lobbying for the NIL changes. That seems like it's been going on forever, Dad. Like, I don't know how much headway we're ever going to make in this because it seems like we're always lobbying and no one's ever getting anything done and trying to change the NIL rules in college football. But with Nick Saban and what he was a part of here, I want to I read you this quote and tell me what you make of it. Because we know Nick Saban, always the savvy media man, always has a message in front of the microphone that he's trying to let you know about. And usually letting you know in advance, if you don't change this, I am going to weaponize this and destroy you. Nick Saban said, quote, I don't think it's going to be a level playing field. Some people are showing a willingness to spend more than others in reference to the current NIL landscape. If you want to bring the NFL into it, they have a salary cap and they have all the things that level the playing field. We could put guidelines on some of this stuff that would do the same thing. Dad, what do you make of this from Nick Saban right now? What message do you think he is trying to send the rest of the college sports landscape? Well, I mean, you're right. He is sending a message. Remember when he was complaining about the up, up-tempo up offenses, that players were getting too tired on the field. It could lead to injuries. And next thing you know, he's running an up-tempo offense. So he is always doing something with an agenda. And that's why he's one of the great coaches of all time. That's why he has a lot of hardware. You have to give him his due. Uh, there is nothing he does that's just to do. There is always a motive for what he's trying to do. And what he's trying to do here is... <laughs> I laugh at this. I don't think it's going to be a level playing field. Nick, it wasn't a level playing field when the illegal money was getting handed out by everybody, okay? It's like who decided they wanted to spend what, how much they wanted to spend and give the bag under the table. So it wasn't a level playing field then. Now you're allowed to spend money. And hes I think he and other coaches are mad because it does actually even out the playing field more than it was before. The playing field is more even now than it's been before for player for teams that wanted to do the illegal bag under the table. Now you can pay. Now if you have uh, uh, alumni who want to go collectors to get money together, you can do it and more power to them. And you know what? Everybody can look themselves in the eye from from the from the the uh, Congress to uh, the conferences to the commissioners to the presidents because you know what. Mike, they, and take take the, the, the Congress out of this for a minute. They did nothing. They did nothing when this started. Again, the NCAA was Pontius Pilate. They literally brought a bowl out and washed their hands of this thing and said, we have nothing to do with it. You guys figure it out. And conference commissioners, when I was interviewing a bunch of them in Vegas uh, last year, some were saying it's up to the government. And some were saying it's up to us. They don't even know. They don't even know. So you tell me all of a sudden they're going to come up with this great plan that's going to even everything out? Give me a break. The horses, to use the, you know, the old cliche, are running clearly in the field out of the barn. Good luck corralling them and bringing them all back in. Now, you can get some guidelines. The one-made guideline is what now that you can't you, – you don't want to entice high school seniors by giving them money to come, which – has been going on all the time anyway, again, under the table. So so leave me with that. But this is all on the schools, the presidents, the ADs, the commissioners, everybody right now, because nobody stepped up. Nobody did anything. They just let it go a couple of Julys ago. And they said, hell, wild, wild west, man, go get your money. Nobody put guidelines on it. Now they're trying to do it after the fact. I, I, I do get all that and like the big picture of this. I do wonder because Nick Saban sounds more bothered than worried. It's going to be fine for him. No system's ever going to really be that much trouble for him. The guy in the last two years has had the one and two ranked recruiting classes in college football as all this changes go on. Water's going to find its level, but he's never had to play by the rules everyone else has because he's Nick Saban. He just sounds more bothered than anything. I do wonder quietly how many more coaches would love because he mentioned the NFL model. That also comes with treating them like employees, professionals professionals, unions, all the other things that come with that. I do wonder how many coaches would prefer that over the current system because it would give them back a lot of the control that they lost when these collectives started being the ones that were holding the purse. See what happened with the Florida Gators this past offseason. So we'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But again, anytime Nick Saban speaks, it's always worth noting because he's probably going to try and hurt you soon. Speaking of someone who hurt a lot of people with their actions, 
Our good friend and ESPN radio host, Jason Fitz, is joining us here now on the show. Jason is also a lifelong diehard uh, Raiders fan, which is also interesting because as they move back to Las Vegas, where he is from, has now put him square in the crosshairs of the sports world. So, Jason, you were at game one of the Stanley Cup final. First and foremost, we were talking about Aiden Hill, the save her around the world as they get this win. Take us inside the building. What was the environment like in the barn there? Uh, wild. And so, look, my only Stanley Cup final experience in the past was in Nashville. You know, I was covering the Preds when they went on their final run. I had no idea what to expect. Vegas put on a show, gentlemen. I mean, it was from from the outset. The intensity was incredible. The way they brought the players out on the ice was incredible. The hockey knowledge from the fan base, I didn't know what to expect, was incredible. And it was a wild vibe. That save, I think, for a solid 10 minutes in the – because they kept playing it. Uh, in the arena for a solid 10 minutes. It was on fire. Guys, I mean, come on. You know I'm cheap. I even bought a Stanley Cup final hoodie. I bought the pullover. Like, I was all in. It was a, it was a wild environment. Great. It looked it looked incredible in there. It looked like a ton of fun. And also, this is coming off uh, Memorial Day where certainly were, you know, those that, men and women who have served, still serve and, and have given their lives for us as well. I know they had a moment in the arena for that that you literally and actually screwed up, didn't you? Yeah, I, well, I mean, so I'm, I'm not. I think they could have made it clearer. I mean, we're sitting there, maybe, maybe having a couple of cocktails. I, I made friends, you know. I moved. You guys would appreciate this. I saw that there was a family that two of them were sitting at one side, two of them were sitting on a, on the other side. I brought everybody together. I reshifted the seats so the family could sit together. Made the whole row friendly. We're having a good old time. And they said, I thought, please rise to acknowledge our heroes in attendance. So I rose and I'm just clapping and suddenly a guy next to me says, where'd you serve? And I'm like, I, I didn't serve. I thought we were, I thought we were acknowledging the heroes. And he, and he said, no, the PA announcer asked the heroes in attendance to please rise. And I was like, well, so yeah, the, uh, you know, I wondered why only a smattering of people stood. Like usually in that moment, everybody pops up. I'm standing up just clapping like a stupid seal. And uh, now we all saw how that played out. Oh my God. So you've got actual seals probably in the building standing up and then you've got Jason moronic sports fan steal stealing yeah. <laughs> literal valor in the middle of this moment. Um, Jason, uh, outside of your complete idiocy and stealing valor in that moment here, what's the overall impression as we've got two very non-traditional areas, powers in this Stanley Cup final right here? How's Vegas been able to do this and become a hockey town in such short order? So I think one thing we forget is that in most American cities, when they get a franchise, they may not have a favorite hockey team. This isn't like relocation of a football team. When you live somewhere, you probably grew up a Cowboys fan, a Raiders fan, a Steelers fan. Uh, in the hockey environment, that's not necessarily the case. So even for Nashville, when the Predators came to Nashville, it was a how do we ingrain ourselves into the city? Vegas has done the same thing. And frankly, you drive around the suburbs of Vegas, you go to Henderson, you go 15, 20 minutes outside, you will see Golden Knight car stickers all over the place. They invested in the city. They invested in youth hockey. Uh, they, they came into the desert basically and said, we are going to be your team. And they were first. And I think, you know, now you're talking about six years in the league and they're on their second Stanley Cup final. It's pretty amazing because I went last year to one of the last games of the season when they were going to the playoffs. They fired everybody. Fans were in an uproar. How do you not make the playoffs? Well, most hockey franchises are used to a sort of a building process. Vegas never did that. From the outset, it has been we need to win games and we need to win now. It's worked, but they've also invested in the community. And I think that's just the biggest part of it. They're, they're out shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all the things that you have to do to make Vegas truly a Golden Knights town. And it is. You can feel it. It was a local crowd. Cool. A local crowd that had Jason Fitz parachuting in to buy gear and steal valor from our <laughs> troops. I mean, they, they could have made the announcement clearer. Like, I'm just up there. Yeah! Oh. Uh, thank you to our friend Jason Fitz. Again, you can check him out over on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas on Fitz and Harry. Uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, great stuff from him, as always, at the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we will get to closing this show out the way that we always do with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off your guys' day. But, Dad, we are marching ever closer to Father's Day, and so we do need to let people know 
where they can help themselves out and make life easier when they're trying to shop for dad. Because you know this, dad, trying to find something and buy something for you is a fool's errand. You're a simple man who wants to watch television, make sure everybody's air filters are changed, and eat some high-quality beef. And that is where our friends over at Omaha Steaks come into play. Because this Father's Day, you can give the gift of Omaha Steaks. You can find great packages, great curated gift packages that they've got right on their website here. And you can give your dad the gift that he really wants hand-selected beef. Head over to omahasteaks.com right now. Use promo code GOJO at checkout and you'll get $30 off your qualifying order. Things like bacon-wrapped filets, air-chilled, boneless chicken breast, burgers, jumbo franks, all these different things in here. You get caramel apple tartlets if you're looking for a little bit of dessert in your life right now because what pairs better with beef than dessert? You can check out all the other hand-selected packages they have that are guaranteed to make dad's day because if there is one thing we know, Dads want steak. So whether he's your father, your father-in-law, or father figure, he's the guy who's always been ready to step up when you needed him the most. So this Father's Day, show him the love with the only gift that's as unforgettable as he is, mouthwatering perfection that is Omaha Steaks. From perfectly aged, tender steaks to hand-selected packages, Omaha Steaks is going to make it easy to give Dad the gift he really wants. Order today and get $30 off with promo code GOJO, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Minimum order required. See site for details. Dad, now that we're both sufficiently hungry, let's get to this, that, and the third and finish this show off the right way here. And the only thing better than talking about steak is talking about money, Dad. And there's a lot of it going out. So I have to ask you, what do you think the bigger story is right now overall in the world of sport, of soccer? Because we've got on one hand, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who came over here, played in L.A. in the MLS for a while, was a sensation in the U.S., announcing his retirement after finishing up the other day with AC Milan's. He finishes with 93 goals in 163 appearances over two different stints at AC Milan. He came back in January of 2020 and helped them win a Serie A title last year? Or is it what we talked about the other name, Karim Bemzema, reportedly, according to journalist Fabrizio Romano, getting ready to sign a three-year $643 million to go uh, deal to play in Saudi Arabia? Well, I mean, Zlatan, putting a micro, his play, let alone, you mentioned his goals, he had 561 goals for club and country over the course of his career. But putting a microphone in front of his face was the best thing. It was almost better than watching him play soccer, which which his personality was fantastic. But this money thing, just to see where money is going, uh, Benzema, if he signs that, is going to sign by total the second largest contract of all time. And and um, soccer players hold the top three. Messi signed a $674 million deal. And then Benzema, if he signs it, it will be 643 And Ronaldo signed, Cristiano Ronaldo, a $536 million deal. Uh, so those are the richest ever. And then you get to Mahomes' $500 million deal. And then 6 through 20 are baseball players. And then you get to Max Verstappen from F1, who signed a five-year $275 million deal. So the money that goes out, Mike, blows my mind. Now, again, this is Saudi Arabia money, as we know from Live that they have a lot of money to spend. Cristiano Ronaldo, that's where he got his money from, and he wants out of there after a year. I don't know what the payback is or anything. I know in Live it's big, so we'll see what happens there. But that is a boatload of money to get handed. $214 million per year, $41 million, I think, per mat or per week. Yeah, I mean, it's a winning lottery ticket. We talk about this all the time with these guys, but making $4 million a week, even if you're going to be a little bit miserable, which is amazing. Cristiano Ronaldo, how rich and you know powerful you've got to be to get that from those people who we've talked about. Probably not the people that you want to tick off and go back on your word once you've entered into a high-money agreement with. The fact that Ronaldo feels comfortable doing that is even on the scale of all these rich guys, built very different. So uh, happy trails to Zlatan also, who most people think was the uh, inspiration for the character Zava on Ted Lasso in season three, uh, an incredible personality now heading to happy trails. Dad, let's get to that. Speaking of big personalities, we talked the other day. So HBO was getting set to get started reportedly on the Barry Bonds documentary. Um, former Florida linebacker Brandon Seiler said, according to an Instagram post, that apparently Netflix is getting set to work on 
the Urban Meyer Florida Gators documentary. The title, I think, is tentatively Swamp uh, Swamp Kings. It would be part of the Untold series, so that same series that did the Manti Teo Lene Kakua documentary. Now looking at the Florida Gators teams from the early 2000s, like 06 to 09, that had Tim Tebow, that had um, um, uh, all the different things that went on. Um, there with him and those teams there. Just remarkable stuff, Dad. Fire me up on this one. It's about time to see the football team that was one of the defining traits of my early lifetime now had their story told. Yeah, you know, this is when Chris Leak was a quarterback, won that first title in, what, 06? Him and Tim Tebow was kind of the change-up quarterback. Then a couple years later, it was Tebow's team. And for me, Mike, these things, it all depends on who's telling the story. Because whoever's telling the story wants their narrative out there, right? So are we going to get all the untold things, the behind the scene things here, or are we going to get someone's narrative of this? That's what I don't know. It sounds like, oh my God, you know, we, we kind of see things and hear things about Urban Meyer and places he's been, but it all depends on, to me, on who's telling the story. Are we really going to get, because what, what, what do we want this for? We want this for the behind the scenes, right? We want this for are there any dirt out there. That's that's what we want. We all well, saw what happened on the fields. We want what's behind that. Yeah, we want, and we all looked at this as Tim Tebow, real-life touchdown Jesus, and what he was able to sort of hide from the public view as you had Aaron Hernandez on this team, the Pouncey yep. brothers there, Percy Harvin, one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen on a football field, all these different things that came into a team that had a ton of off-the-field impropriety that was all washed away by Tim Tebow and that famous speech and him going out here and being able to do things that were unbelievable. So I'm fired up for this one. Again, this is my college football lifetime and childhood now getting center stage. Uh, Dad, let's get to the third, though, because we're going to work further back on the youth chart here. Yeah, This one was interesting. A high school senior had to issue an apology for, quote, leading the pack on a prank that ended with them pouring cement into the toilets of Williams High School. Dad, as far as pranks go, this is probably a lot more your era than mine where you guys would actually have had hijinks. Did you do stuff like this in high school? Maybe not to this extreme, but did you guys pull like pranks in high school? Not really. You know, it was back in, 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 you know, even when I got to like college or the NFL and I don't even want to call it hazing because it wasn't even that bad, but you know, you did things, had someone sing or, you know, uh, shave somebody's head, things like that, but never any pranks that damaged anything. I mean, to pour cement into the toilets and dude said he got a, he got a summer job to help pay for the damages. I hope your <laughs> summer job pays a lot. All right, man, because screwing up those toilets like that. And by the way, there were 80 people that weren't allowed to walk in uh, in graduation for that one. And anybody in the under underclassmen got suspended for the rest of the year. And they're going to get more next year as well. But it was never, never anything. And, and I'm sure it happened in my in, in our era. Uh, certainly here, horrible horrible things about about hazing but never i never wanted to be part of or was a part of anything that damaged anything and you gotta know pouring cement into a toilet is going to wreak incredible havoc on that plumbing system and destroy those toilets to where there's going to be after a whole hell of a lot be done to fix that yeah, I hope his job this summer is managing a hedge fund because, brother, you're going to need oh, it. Although I will God. say my high school probably would have preferred cement over what I did to some of those toilets back in the day, you know? Oh, great. Seriously, that's where we're going? Back in the day? I mean, I mean I, it sounds like you still do that now. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, there's a lot of plumbing that would probably have benefited more from cement than what came out of my body. If you benefited from what came out of our mouths during this podcast, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and of course, check us out live here on DraftKingsNetwork.com, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.